This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're coming to you after a visit up to the Midlands. So, Nottingham Forest, Brentford were there. Got another draw. Forest one, Brentford one. And uh, we're sitting, gonna, listen, we're going to sit here in this joint today and we're going to go over that game because there's plenty of things to talk about in that match as well. Sunday afternoon, live on TV, so everybody saw it. I think it's probably. Probably could be labelled VAR Weekend, I think it should be called. VAR Weekend, because there's all sorts of VAR activity took place that weekend. My name's Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my chums in the place. We've got the man GP, the first time this season in the house. Gary Paul, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's been, it's been a long time, as I said, to get everything set up. I've um, dusted off the old cobwebs and we're out again. And good to see you guys. That's right. Good to see you too, GP. Also, we got Ali Malali in the place. Hi, hi. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something else. Then I thought you were going to say, "How are you?" But I'm very well, thank you, Bill. <laughs> I was explaining that you were in the place, and then you're going to say, "Yes, I am in the oh, place." Oh, I am in the place, wherever the place may be. That's right. With my feet up in the air, as they with say. With my That's... foot in the air. That's yeah. right, which is all, which is all <laughs> good. So, thirteenth member of our um, on the injured list at the bottom is <laughs> yeah. Malali. Yeah, that's I'm in. I'm in good. Co- I'm in good company, aren't I? That's right. That's right. Laney's in the. Laney's in the. Laney's in the house, isn't he? Laney's back. Laney's back. Hello. 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 That's right. Hey, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah. 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 Just good. Good. Good weekend. Good. 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 Good, good footballing weekend. Mm, yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't go to. Uh, I had to miss Nottingham Forest. My my old man's not very well at the moment, so uh, I had to stay local. And um, I went to Ashford Town versus Chertsey Town. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was in- interesting. Interesting. It was good. But um, yeah, uh, I did obviously watch the game, and uh, I have lots of opinions on it. That's right. You probably got more opinions than the people that actually saw it in the stadium because well, you got all well, the that, replays. Mate, that was one of my opinions. It was <laughs> the people that the. It's weird now that you you see the game better when you're not there. Yes. Yeah. 
That's right. Okay. Now, again, I'm okay. coming back to it. I, I realised that when I was sitting there in, in in America in these bars, I was thinking, God, blimey, I can actually see who scored. I don't have to <laughs> ask the person in front of me. So, who, who shot that ball? Who, who scored the goal? Like you know, which happens every single week, uh, which is all good. But listen, we've got loads on this podcast today, so we're going to sort of crack on. What we got? We got actually what we've got. We've got actually we're going to talk about the Forest match. You know, we're going to talk to the fans after the game, <laughs> the, the Brentford fans and the Forest fans. The Forest fans were so funny, so funny. Listen, they listen. They, 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 they've entered another era, okay? Because to beat us was possibly one of the biggest things for them ever. So we shall talk about them a little bit later. We got JB, of course, with his facts and his funk as well. We got uh, we got the Gowler from bees breakdown with some statistical lowdowns for the bees as well and we've also got devin from man united he's from the united hour he's actually from tampa one of my american friends who i met out there as well and he's going to give us the lowdown on man united i think that's i think that's it i think that's plenty enough for this podcast anyway but first of all like i said to you this is the this is nine nine this is the nine 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 hour isn't it lady yes you, you, i hope you haven't dialed it because it's okay. uh yes yeah, there might be there might be some blue flashing lights outside your house soon of, of the ambulance variety rather than the police variety which uh which um um which yes well I'm not saying you won't go to yes yeah. <laughs> 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 that's right yeah no no definitely so no, we're talking about it. We, we're, we're getting there we, we, we always say we're almost on our thousands podcast we've been saying you know we're, we're coming on to our thousands podcast all of a sudden we thought bang blimey this 999th besotted podcast today so this is a little bit of a sort of pre-anniversary and uh you know we're thinking we're gonna have our, our thousand podcast party mm, maybe, i think maybe i don't know very soon actually i think we need to get down the pub for the thousandth podcast party actually you, know, you need to be quite honest with you. i don't think it's one that should be done in the virtual joint i think it's uh i think that's i think that's not going to be on hi credit credit where credit's due 999,000 editions of podcasts that's pr- it's a pretty good number isn't it that's actually- yeah. Yeah. You need to find how many people have listened to every single one. Thousands. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many people have listened to every single podcast? One, that's, one that's person it. per podcast. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We'll find that person and we'll give him or her a cake. Like you said, <laughs> chocolate cake. So listen, we're going to yeah. Listen, we, we, let's 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 have a little bit of fun on our thousandth podcast, whenever that will be. <laughs> they say being very cryptic here as well. We we'll make sure the thousandth podcast is a lot of fun. We'll have to sit down and plot things out. Like I said, your next week is international week, so maybe maybe that might be a good time to drop a, a thousandth podcast, as they say. Um, you said Laney is back. We to be honest, you, no one really cares. Laney is back, but people seem to care that Ivan is back. Ivan is back. Hello, hello. Do you care about that, Laney? Oh, cheers. No one cares that I'm back. Friends like Bill, eh? Yeah, I'll ignore that. And I'll I was saying that in comparison to yes. the Ivan Tony situation. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, everyone is more interested in Ivan coming back. That's, that, is, that is true. Um, yeah, and he came back and he scored a goal, which... Um, all the uh, other Premier League managers will be delighted about because right. I'm sure the friendly was was arranged for them to see the the player that they're going to have a bum fight over in January. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was like, so I'm sure uh, Arteta was there, and I'm, and I'm sure uh, the current Chelsea manager, whoever he is, is there, and um, I'm sure Man United. Actually, they wouldn't. No, actually, they wouldn't have got the Man United them. manager there because he's probably not going to be there for much yeah. longer. They thought that's all right, mate. No, no. After last night, oh, no, the rules are they're not allowed to have anybody there when he Current. plays apart Current from Tottenham club manager. coaching staff. 
They're not allowed to have anybody there apart from club coaching staff. That's the rules when he plays. You saw saw the joke. I saw there's a special link. Yeah. Yeah. Leave your facts out of this, Ali. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Annoying facts. You can see that Ali's obviously been bored at home sitting down there just reading reading up the rules of football, the full the full footballing Bible, like you know, as printed out by the FA, seven hundred and ninety five pages. Arteta was a ball boy yesterday. That's 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 Mm. what happened, yeah. But anyway anyway, he came back, um he scored a good goal. It was actually a really good pass as well that um that, uh, that Frank goal. wasn't it? Yeah, it was Frank the Tankle Nyeka, which I, 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 I was. Um, I thought it can't be Frank because he's he's actually made a, you know, a pass. Compl- completed <laughs> pass that's led yeah. to a goal. Anyway, um, so yeah, so well done, Frank, and um, well done, Ivan. Um, hopefully, um, that won't be the last goal that we see in a red and white striped shirt, but probably will we. Right. That's right. And then what else is going? I mean, what else? Was, I mean, like I said to you this week, this is the final. It's funny because, like I said, the, the season comes in batches. We get the first batch of matches, quite exciting. And then we get the international break. OK, we get time to chill out. A lot of players go away. OK, then we come back. We only play a few matches. So if I think we played only probably about three or three or four, three matches probably since the last international break again. And then we've got international break next week. Couple of England games. Again, uh, no, no Brentford players involved in England yet again, but we won't go into that. So I would like to think that we're going to go out into this international break with a bit of a bang. Don't you think, Ali? I would hope so. I would hope so. I mean, our record at Old Trafford hasn't been good, not just in terms of results, but in terms of performances we're putting up there. But um, hopefully that will change on Saturday. That's right. Okay, so listen, we're going to talk about that all later in the show, but we're going to go away, we're going to come back because we need to look back and to see and to talk about what happened at the weekend on Sunday when we went up to Nottingham Forest. Try to get three points, possibly should have got three points, didn't quite get three points. Forest fans seem delighted to get a draw. We'll talk about that straight after the break. Nottingham Forest one, Brentford one. And our three letters for you V A R. This was a VAR weekend. We had a weekend where, let, let's just forget about Sunday, because don't forget Saturday. Saturday's a day where all of a sudden it's like Brentford fans are thinking, what do we do today? Is it bit of B&Q? Do we do some shopping? Do we go to the cinema? Do we take the kids out? What do we do on a Saturday? Because there's no football for us as far as we're concerned. But there were football for some other people as well, because there were some other teams who were kicking right off because the VAR machine didn't work right for them. Liverpool were really unhappy with the VAR. Jurgen Klopp wants games replayed because the VAR didn't work for him. So this has been discussed at length, as you've probably seen all over the news, all over the sports channels, everything like that. We've heard the, the, the referees and we've got the audio from the referees and now they completely fluffed it. They're like, oh no, the game started, it stopped. Oh no, the VAR's right, it's wrong, we've got it. So we kind of have got an, an understanding of the of the... Of the, of the madness that goes on in that VAR room. We thought, listen, they've all it all under control, but they've got no control whatsoever. So we probably looked at that and thought, hmm, poor old Liverpool, you know, never mind. You lost yourself a few points there. And then Sunday comes and we got it possibly even worse because there's an argument to say that we should have won that game. And uh, we didn't because the VAR just did not sort us out. Wasn't clever, was it, GP? No, not at all. Um, even even on our goal, I thought, where are you drawing those lines? Because you could see where Norgard was. He was you offside. Could, 
Yeah, but the thing is, you couldn't see where the you couldn't see where the forest defender were because because he was being obscured. So you know, at, at a time like that, they've got to turn around and say, we we can't overrule the referee because we have no point of reference to draw the line on. And at that point, it should have very quickly been a case of go with the on-field decision. Yeah, I mean, again, again, having been at the match, and I haven't watched back match of the day, or I haven't watched anything back. Actually, I'm probably going to watch it back after this podcast. So I'm actually sort of kind of relying on the views that we had at the game. And I remember, you know, the incidents when they happened. You know, oh, that looked offside. Oh, that didn't look like a goal. It's like going to games quite a lot. You have these instinctive reactions, and when it does or doesn't happen, you think, okay, that's fair enough. Somebody must have actually looked at that somewhere, and they must have got the decision right. Um, you know, the penalty, I called for the penalty at the time. They didn't give it. And you think, okay, that's fair enough. And it actually wasn't until I got back to the, the pub afterwards. You probably heard the Forest fans in the pub sort of kind of almost like joking away because uh, they were talking about the fact that they came, they walked into the pub. They saw a replay of the game. They saw a replay of the penalty and they went, oh my God, that was a straight up penalty. But then, of course, they started to jibe me trying to make out it wasn't a penalty, but they knew it was straight up. It was a penalty. Laney, you mean you were watching it because obviously you weren't at the game itself, but you were watching it over and over again at the time. What were your thoughts? I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it was a massive foul actually in the instance because because Weasel was so honest and got straight up and tried to follow the ball into the net. It, it it wasn't until the second replay that I, I went, why is no one talking about that as a penalty? Because he was completely sort of, you know, taken out. He was taken out. You know, the fact he's so strong and gets up and bounces up, that's, his, that's how fit he is. That's not because it wasn't a, a, you know, a foul. Um, um, and the more the more I, lo- I looked at the incident, it... I just, I just questioned why no one was really talking about it, and it's, it was only afterwards, um, it, the the handball incidents. Uh, I, I, I shouted handball at the time, um, and I can't believe that 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 wasn't given as a penalty. And you know, you you get those two chances going your way, which are legitimate. You know, the the, the legitimate reviews that should have led to uh, a, a decision of, of a penalty. So there's two there. You know, we potentially win that game 3-1. And we, we'll talk about in a minute, you know, what, what should we have conceded and the, and the, and the, and the reasons and the, and the potential mistakes that led to, to, to that. But we win 3-1 and you kind of like forget about the conceding of the goal. It's, it's kind of like, oh, we shouldn't have done that and, and what have you. But... The, the magnitude of conceding against ten men and having having gone one up, it's it's all forgotten with, and it, it all, it's all the noise in the background of of you know what where we're going and how many points we've got and you know looking over our shoulders and all that kind of stuff and all the negativity that goes on because you don't win a game. Well, you know, I, I think that that's you know chucked out the window. So, you know, there's there's more to there's more to those decisions than the actual decisions themselves. And I, 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 I'm, I was actually really angry after the game because, you know, we we should have been home and dry and then we're, we're deep into uh, injury time and we could have lost that game. You know, they had a, they had a chance, would have had a chance and, you know, it, it, could have, it could have gone really, really badly wrong. So, 
you know, the officials didn't do their job. Um, and I'm just a bit hacked off as well that everyone's talking about Liverpool. I think ours are, ours are just as bad, to be honest. I know that when it wasn't an actual goal that was, was scored, the, the ball didn't make it into the net. But the, um, the ramifications, the rules are the same for everyone. Rules are there for for the smaller clubs and the bigger clubs. So yeah, there's 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 a lot that's not right, and um, we we are rightfully hard done by them. Yeah, I mean, Ali, there's, there's talk of scrapping VAT. I mean, there's there's uh, v- VAT. Know, VAT. Yeah, that'd be wonderful, actually. VAR. The talk of scrapping the VAR. Um, the, 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 that's not only a bigger conversation but there's there's lots of conversations going down even in our group you know over the weekend about var how you get it right how you get it wrong you know the pgml uh afterwards are saying you know basically they were saying look you know maybe it's better for us not to rush it and get it right but in effect that's kind of what they were saying but the, the but it seems that there's a, a general problem with var in the fact that maybe there are too many parameters as to what they're meant to be looking at, what they're not meant to be looking at. So it makes it much easier for them to get it wrong. And, you know, it's like, you know, for me, I'm thinking, you know, they're almost like trying to make football a perfect game. We're going to get absolutely everything absolutely right. And that's kind of not what it's really about, because I just thought that, you know, the offside rule was kind of initially meant to start off by basically stopping people from goal hanging. And it's kind of gone from that to kind of like, you know, the fractional offside and the shoelace offside and everything like that. And it's almost like you start losing sight of exactly kind of like what playing the game is all about. Again, VAR, for me, I think the VAR, if it's used in the right way, could be actually very good. And it's helped us out on a number of occasions, including in this season, it's helped us out, you know, quite a few times. But I think that if you get yourself down a bit of a rabbit hole and you literally kind of like, you kind of, start to use it for every little thing and you're looking out for every little thing it just starts to lose its way and i think that's where the problem is and i think they maybe need to reel it back and try to basically maybe have some sort of kind of areas as to kind of when and how it's used and anything other than that you just say well tough that's just the way it goes like you know we've got officials there we've got enough eyes on the board and we believe that's it and if you've got it wrong just move on it's well it, I, I agree I, I don't think i think the var the you know that that horse has bolted you can't you can't put the genie back in the bottle it's out there now i think var's issue is i agree i think it should be used as we were told it was going to be used which is for clear and obvious now clear and obvious to be fair in the liverpool spurs game that was a clear and obvious error that it should have corrected and i again like you i was at the game on saturday didn't really think anything about a penalty um, at the time because I think we were all too busy watching to see if the ball was going to go into the net. Um, but then having seen the replay, I, it's a clear penalty and probably a red card for the keeper as well, which again changes the complexion. So um, I think, you know, clear or obvious, yeah, I don't believe the fractional offsides. You know, it's, you know, if, if he's clearly, if it's clearly offside, yes, you know, you correct it, etc. If it's a clear red card, you correct, you, you know, and you have to come out as well with, for all the faults of the officials, they do have a better understanding of what exactly the rules of the game are at the moment. I don't think anybody's particularly clear about all of them, but how they're supposed to interpret the rules of the game. So you could give them a bit of leeway on that, but I, yeah, I, I think they, they have to relook at how they're using it. They have to certainly look at their communication. Having heard that they communicate the audio from the Liverpool Spurs game, which just sounds like absolute bloody chaos. <laughs> um, and who's talking to who and what are they, you know, it's just sort of like, you know, you compare it to when you hear TMO 
on the rugby, which is car. Why can I do this? Should I do this? Should I do that? Completely different world. A different game, yes, but I think there's lessons to be learned there. But I, I also think it, it's a very dangerous game. And I've personally criticised both Klopp and Arteta, give me my three points back um, about this. I think it's quite a dangerous game. I think you have to be very careful to say, well, well, we would have won that game, but for VAR, which I know Lady isn't saying, but people have been saying. Um, because you don't know how the game pans out if these decisions are given, VAR give these decisions. You, you just can't know. As we said after the Arsenal game, you can't know what would have happened for those last 20 minutes. So that's why you can't replay a game. You just can't replay a game. So, I mean, I'm going to say to you, I mean, look, look you know, you say we can't replay the game, but, you know, Klopp wants the game replayed. Well, I'm lucky because um, there's, no, there's no. lots of games you could say could should have been replayed. Then well, our yeah, game should have been replayed. Yeah, well, it's fine. Yeah, but let's 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 just go there. There's a chance it might be. I mean, yeah, you know, let's just like let's just go there. Ridiculous look, as it sounds, there's, a, there's every chance it could be. Yeah. So okay. So at the end of the day, I'm going to probably opt for us to replay the Forest game as well. So let's should, well, should we should I'll, we have the Forest game replayed? Only second half down with them down to ten men. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which I think that's and fair as well. And actually, down to nine men with a keeper sent off for the foul. On the yeah, whistle. That's right. Okay, well, I'll vote for that. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 what other what what other games would you like replayed? GP, have you got any games that you think that you'd like replayed? Well, we're at it. I mean, we're on a bit, bit of a roll now, aren't we? Yeah. Well, just, uh, there's a myriad of games that that, that could be replayed. Just, just one. Just one. Just, just the one, mate. <laughs> it's just well, I think what they should have done is restarted the um, the Germany England from the World Cup 2010 when Lampard shot and um, hit the underside, yeah. and, which was probably the catalyst for us getting VAR. Had with Sepp Blatter saying we don't need it. Where were you? And that they looking like a, I was. I was behind the goal actually. Where were oh, you? Looking? Um, next to Did you. Did the ball hit you? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah the, the ball could have been. Yeah, you sure, you sure you were behind the goal? Or? We were actually, yeah, to, actually, to be fair, we were, we were actually end. to the side of the goal. We were on the other end beside the goal. We were in South Africa in Bloemfontein, which isn't a particularly great place, it has to be said, but we shall move on from that anyway. But anyway, so, so you, okay, you'll go for that one. So, uh, yeah, which was, uh, like I said, it was quite a pivotal moment that as well, because England would have come back to two all, I think, yeah. if, if I remember rightly, in that match at half time. Then maybe we would have got absolutely spanked by the Germans and knocked out of the World Cup. Um, but, uh, let's, uh, Ali, have you got any, any games that you, you know, because I mean, you, you know what? I was, I was just thinking about this. I'm, I'm going to go for an England game as well. I would go for the 1998 World Cup quarter final against Argentina. When, sorry, not 1998, 1986 uh, World Cup final against Argentina. Hand of God. Oh, oh, mm, hand of God. Oh, we, we, quite, yeah. I thought we were. I thought we were a Brentford podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, but you, you can't change. Sorry, I've got a bit more England. Yeah, yeah, no, there's too many things. There's too many things. Well, if it had to be a Brentford one, if it had to be a Brentford one, oh god, I would probably say Villa away last season, so we could actually start the match on t- at the beginning of the match rather than when they've scored three goals in ten minutes. Yeah, I think. I think for me, actually, I would actually replay the. Anglo-Italian Cup final no not the Anglo-Italian <laughs> Cup final the, the Leyland the Leyland Daff Cup final against uh, against Wigan we lost I think it was 3-1 our first trip to Wembley and I think that basically that first trip to Wembley and you know I was almost in tears when we came out it was such because it was such a massive it was such a big thing it was like the biggest thing of our lives for us to have got to Wembley that year it was so much fun until we lost but we didn't realise I think that just kind of set us on a sort of kind of a trail yeah. a catalogue of just losing and losing and losing and losing so if we at least play that again and maybe got a victory it might have changed our destiny but then saying that Naini you said you wouldn't change anything didn't you? Well I, I don't 
I don't think I would actually. I mean, we've 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 had some horrible days and we've had some like really low moments, but for me, it makes like now feel like even better to to be honest. And that's why that's why I'm kind of like you know still happy with with pretty much most things. And you know, um, so yeah, even even like you know, I, I did think about like Tross a penalty, and I did think about the you know the, the Fulham playoff final, and I think. You know, all of those for a reason. You know what I mean. And e- even the pain of Yeovil, um, you know, at Wembley as well. Mm. So, you know, I, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to have won those, so I didn't feel so shit after the game. But actually, you know, I, I think it makes like now feel better. Um, what I would replay in, in like witnessing again, I I'd go back to the um, the playoff final that we won. You know, beating Swansea because I was so nervous and like everyone in the stadium and everyone watching didn't actually believe we were going to win and get promoted until the whistle blew and now I know that we did do it I'd like to enjoy that sat, sit there with a with a big pint of beer and uh, relax and enjoy the sunshine because it was a stressy day and uh, you know ultimately we won and it was a brilliant day and uh, it just didn't feel brilliant until we got back to the pub we could lose though I mean if, if we, mm. we play the game always could no, we I want, the, I want the same outcome I want the same ah, of course, but, of course but, but do you not think you want do, different outcomes you want different do you outcomes. not find it have you watched it back because even when I watch it back I still think we might lose yeah. well I have watched it back <laughs> every now and again on a random like I sit down and have my lunch or whatever and I, I put a sky on and all of, a, all of a sudden there's a random it, they're showing it again on some channel some sky channel so I, I'll sit and watch it and uh, yeah so I have watched it and uh, the Roslev run and the, um, the the brilliant the brilliant cross for uh, um, what's his name? Morcondes. <laughs> sorry, yeah, Morcondes to to smash it home for the second. It was it was just brilliant. So yeah, um, I have seen it. Yeah, actually, just one last one. I'd just say that actually for me, actually, if, if I was to have a game replayed and this from this season because this season obviously makes it topical, I'd actually go for the Fulham game. Uh, I, I know we beat them three 0 but I think if we, you know, we play the game again, we, we might beat them six 0 Fingers crossed. Yeah, no, that would be a good thing. Yeah. But you never they, know. They get battered. That's right. You know, everywhere and, they go. And, yeah. and and I could actually be there for the game as well. That's mm. but yeah, be selfish, you know. What I'm saying. But anyway, listen. Tell you something. We've been talking about VAR, but the fans have got lots to talk about after that Forest game. Let's go to hear what the fans had to say on the terraces. And in the bars, the Brentford fans and the Forest fans straight after the match. I think we deserve the win, to be honest. The ref gave a few dodgy decisions, could have gone either way. And it was a close game, but I think we deserve at least a point, if not more, definitely. We played a whole second half with, with a man extra. We didn't really create anything. and It just shows how much we miss Tony, whether people like it or not, we miss him. So. Uh, given the, the uh, red card halfway through, yeah, you would have expected a bit more. Um, just the lack of a cutting edge up front. Second half though, we were absolutely superb. Came out a different team. Honestly, I'm really proud of that. I was taking the point before the game. And it could have been more, yeah. They had a player less for a lot of the game. But yeah, really happy with the performance. When I came to the game, I would have been happy. But after our performance, especially with the man up, we should have taken three. They were defending for their lives. They showed passion, but we weren't clinical enough. We had the chances, some loose passes here and there, but we should have won in the end. It was just disappointing, to be honest. We, we were rooting, like, here stood up the whole game and we just wanted to 
we wanted it to happen so bad. We were rooting the players, we were like supporting them all, but it, it just didn't happen. It was it's like the story of the game. It's, a, it's disappointing, but but there was another bit of me that did think that um, you know when they had those three kicks that Chris Wood gets up and nods it down or nods it into the goal and, and we lose it, which would have been an absolute disaster. Devastating. An absolute disaster that would have been. The first 20-25 minutes they were definitely for Forest. After that, it was all us, the second half of the first half, and then the full second half, we had so many chances and we created well. We're poor in some of the crosses, but then, of course, the defence was very good, throwing themselves everywhere and kind of blocking our shots, but I think we dominated completely the second half, so we should be very pleased with the performance and to build on, on the next match. Although we had moments where we showed some intent and some attack, I think we need to do that a bit more consistently throughout the game. Um, I think possibly bringing on Mope a little bit earlier might have helped because I think we just needed that aggression and that attack. Brentford started second half pretty well. Um, but yeah, to score straight from that free kick as well was yeah, it's a dagger through the heart it was. So we responded really well actually to get back in the game. Brentford's the sort of side that we want to kind of be like. You know, because we're obviously a new Premier League side, really. That's the sort of team we want to be like, eventually, and then push onwards. But we have a lot of new players, and we need to gel still. So we're still a work in progress. But for now, yeah, I would have absolutely taken a point. So... So you're happy with that? Happy, but I want to see the sending off again, and... You're happy with that? See Brentford's goal again. You're happy with that? I've seen some photos and I'm not entirely sure. You're happy with that? Come on. Yeah, right now. Yeah, okay. We should have won that match. Um, just not enough quality at the, at the top end of the pitch. I think um, it was quite a bad decision from Thomas to to bring Jensen off. And I think he really would have helped in that last 20 minutes. But fair play to them. They, they clung on for dear life. And... Um, you know, Chris would have had a big chance at the, at the end there. Um, and, you know, they had, they had a few chances at the end, so I suppose we'll take a point. But it, it's sort of, um, it's a case of what could have been, really. We, we, we should have really won that, I feel. So there you go, fans, after the Forest match. Forest fans, like I said to you, I, I, what I did is, uh, the Forest game again, I uh, I decided the trains were all over the place, so I decided to uh, to go by car. It was a, it was a bit of a decision because I wanted to have a bit of a day out. But what I did is I, I said to my, my wife, I said to her, I'm just going to pack my overnight bag just in case, just in case. But I'll be back and I'll see you a bit later. As uh, so I got to the, to the bar afterwards and we were on a bus third pint it was like it was like that kind of crossover and it was like shall you shan't you and then all of a sudden the devils came out from the forest fans go come on bill and next minute the the, the overnight bag had to come out of the car and uh, i found myself <laughs> staying in the ibis and then the lace market with a forest fan who also decided to do the same thing so <laughs> it was it's like the old tactical puncher <laughs> it was oh. an excellent it was an excellent night it had to be said and as you could hear the forest fans the hilarious thing about the forest fans is that they seemed delighted getting a point against Brentford and I just sort of think how the mighty have fallen like you know you know years ago you know they're making fun of us and all this kind of stuff and now they're sort of saying you know for us this season their barometer is to get to one place higher than Brentford and that means that they've actually made it so uh, I think that's uh, I think that's the one I mean lady I have to admit though there, there was you know one of my friends there as well who was a bit upset with you did you did you did you hear that 
Yeah, it, it, I absolutely spat out my tea when I, and it is a proper like laugh. <clears throat> Last year, you made my wife cry, and 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 that was oh, I just like laughed so much. I mean, I, I and I, then I remember because I'd forgotten about it. So they we went, we got back to the globe after the game. And, after the, uh, the forest game at Brett at home, Brentford, when yeah, forest came to us last season. We just beating them in ex in, in sort of injury time and. Uh, uh, yeah, they they were spitting feathers, and you, we, we really rubbed their noses in it. And uh, she actually started blubbing. And uh, it's not it's not often you've made someone cry on on the podcast, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was a moment worth reliving. And clearly, they've not forgotten. No, no, but again, again, good friends of mine. But I think the fact is that they were, I think they were 1-0 up and then we came back and then Ivan Tully scored a late goal and they thought that they were actually going to get relegated and they, but they really, really thought they were going to beat us at our place. And also they, they couldn't, they just couldn't get their head around the fact that we'd beaten them and they couldn't get their head around the fact that they thought they're going to get relegated. So I think that all the emotions had come out at that time, including Laney's sort of lack of <laughs> sympathy. <laughs> for their result so uh yeah it kind of uh it kind of hit hit her really badly but they were back again this season and they tried to give us a few jibes but i wasn't taking any of it at all like i'm saying it's like you know i didn't mind getting the draw but they were delighted get getting a good draw against us but anyway listen coming back to just talking about that game obviously like i said to you the fans you know um there's an argument to say that we i would say threw it away because we we we, we, we went one and up um, they got a goal with, and I know they laugh about us because, as you know, originally, if you remember, there used to be stats guy and I hear he used to call them the, the spreadsheet winker. And that's the reason why is that Nottingham Forest, when we're in the championship, christened us spreadsheet wankers, basically, because we use the XG. And they used to laugh at us going, oh, you spreadsheet wankers, oh, this, that, the other. So we use it as a term of endearment now. Now, I'm going to use a spreadsheet winker term to say, actually, if uh, you're going to listen to the gowler later, and he's going to tell you the fact that, you know, the high quality chances that we created were much greater than Forrest who had I think one chance on goal and it was such a low XG as well and to be fair they took their chance and they got it but other than that they didn't create very much so there's an argument to say that we threw that game away don't you think Ellie? Uh, yes actually I do I think uh, the biggest issue for me was and we've we've done this in other games where we've got ahead the season and it, it's it's incredibly frustrating and I don't know why we do it we we get one nil up and then we just decide that we're going to sit in and try and defend that we see appear to try and sit in and defend a one nil lead and it's it's not worked once this season and we were playing against ten men we were one nil up against ten men and we just decided to sit back let them have the ball and let them get the cross in and we can argue all day and all night about whether Flecken should have saved it and to be honest he probably should have saved it but we're 11 against 10 we let them have the ball we let them play the ball around for five minutes we let them get a cross in pretty much and challenged guy gets a pretty much free header bang goal how does that happen when you're 11 versus 10 I, I, I that is that for me I'm really sorry I don't like to be too critical but that for me was really disappointing it's almost like we don't believe enough on ourselves at the moment when we go one nil up. Okay, we're one nil up. We're just going to sit in and defend it. And it's just sort of like, why when we're we've got a one man advantage, are we not straight away going go for the jugular and trying to finish it off? And I think if we had, maybe that goal doesn't happen and we win the game anyway. Even if we end up only winning it one nil, I, I just found it really frustrating that we 
what we what we seemed to do in that, in that situation a lot this season and, and especially against 10 men it was just I was a bit I'm a bit frustrated about it if I'm honest yeah, uh, uh, GP I'm going to ask you do you think I mean what Ali's talking about there maybe, do you think it might be due to a bit of a lack of leadership I mean I know that we've got our captains and we love our captains but do you think that this season it's been a little bit fragmented but it's just been there's not really been a, that, that real focus I mean there's an argument to say that Pontus Janssen has left and Pontus if I remember rightly when he first joined everyone said you knew his presence he was a massive leader and he kind of made sure so even though on the pitch sometimes he used to make mistakes and he might not be sort of kind of that 100% player still maybe there's a lot of things that he used to give to the team that that they're unseen that you can you couldn't write down that that, that you, you just that were not 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 really tangible as such but actually he added a lot more than you actually look at and do you think that that might be missing a little bit this season a bit i think again the if probably i think what, what's a bigger effect is the effect that the injuries are having on us um i don't think our outlet especially for uh when we try and counter team i don't think it's quite as good what we because we're missing um henry um He's obviously good at it because he he will always run away, you know, break away with the ball down the flank. Um, and also the big thing is losing Tony and Sharda has really hurt us, I think, in the last couple of games. You definitely saw it against Everton. And at the beginning of the um Forest game, we were given the we were given the ball away a lot because we can knock it we can knock it long and we knew last season that Tony was gonna to be there battling it and he was winning so many headers. Sharda's winning a lot of headers. Sharda can run in that. Losing those two, I think, we're just not as effective, which means that there are times in games where we end up giving away a lot of possession. As Ali said, why are we, you know, why are we giving possession to a team that have got, you know, when we've got a numerical advantage? Um, but again, back to your point, Bill, I really do think that um, Pontus very hard to replace because um, he wasn't, as you said, he wasn't a leader. Wasn't only a leader on the pitch, but also off the pitch. Yeah, I mean, just um, just talk, talk back to a leader as well. I mean, um, the man of the match, the Beersotti Global Man of the Match, done by the Tasmanian Bee out there in Australia as well, does a great job for us doing the man of the match polls every single week. Voted for number one was Norgard. So the captain, number one, was Norgard, man of the match, followed by Hickey and then Aya as well. Again, it's interesting to see, you know, you watching a game on the box. I mean, um, Christian Aya, I mean, um, um, so Hickey, uh, the for he really impressed the Forest fans. They're saying, who's, who's that kid who's playing, you know, left back for you? He was really good. And I think, like, you know, he's stepping up massively again and also we were very nervous about him going over to the left hand side but he seems to he, he seems to be doing the good job there as well interestingly Aya actually got uh, voted third man of the match as well because picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates 
a simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I remember in the first half, he, he kind of seemed to be sort of lumping the ball to sort of kind of back to the opposition. And we were all getting really confused as to kind of why he was doing that. His, uh, his passing game wasn't 100% on, but maybe you saw something different um, on the TV, I mean, about Ayer's performance. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think he had a you know had a, had a bad game. I, I don't think I don't think Brentford had a bad game. I, I, just, I get a, a really kind of a vibe of there's it's a really unforgiving kind of um, atmosphere um, amongst some some of the fans at the moment. Where you know where you know we're, we're a team in transition, right? So you know we 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 we've got incredible uh, memories of last season we we you know it was a an incre- it was a fantastic season um and this year is is not going to be last year by by the by the by the look of it by the vibe of it not at the moment you know we we it seems like you can't use big excuses as excuses um people just don't want to hear them so you know it's almost like yeah, you can't mention Ivan Tony too much, but you can't take 20 goals out of your team and it not have an effect. Um, you can't take a player that is the best left back we've, we've ever had at a football club out of your team and it not have an effect. Um, you can't take David Raya out of your team and it not have an effect. And you can't take two penalties that, or, or at least one penalty away from that performance and it not have an effect it's like people want to ignore all of that and just kind of like just say well we should have done more well we, we could have we could we, we created the chances and they 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 made the fouls or they they handled the ball they weren't given so we don't get the decision so we're picking holes in our team still so in my head you know we we didn't start the game well I and mean, let's be honest you know um norgard who got the man of the match he, he kicked two balls straight out um he, he passed the ball straight out and uh, for goal kicks um and I'm, and I'm thinking he's having a shocker um he did he did get better uh i mean i uh he, he was he was okay hickey got a yellow card after 25 seconds or whatever it was um so he, he was he was on a tightrope for for the rest of the game um, Flecken, we, we, we will talk about in a minute. I mean, I still say, I mean, we, we said this pre-season in the States, Flecken isn't David Raya and that's, you know, it, it, that's, that's his biggest fault apart from, apart from some of his decision-making. Um, but yeah, I, there's more of, there's more of a conversation about Flecken than there is, you know, than there is some of the other deficiencies, I'll say. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit kind of like, a bit not shocked, but you know, this this clearly our team has weakened, and we did try in the transfer window. And we, you know, we bid big money for players that didn't want to come because we're not in Europe, and we'll we'll have to go back. And we do have to have a big January transfer window. But we're we're doing we're doing all right, you know. And um, I just I just don't I just don't buy into this kind of like doom mongery at the moment. I'm not I'm not saying that you know we shouldn't be you know have our eye on certain issues but you know as, as i said we've had three or four of our best players taken out of this team and if you think we just operate as normal um in the premier league i just think that's that's a bit harsh Ali. uh with all due respect dave that's not what i'm saying i don't think we can operate sorry, the same I, I, way I, at all. I wasn't i wasn't talking about you no, no. I, I i just think i i'm just frustrated by 
and I completely hear what you're saying. Yeah, Rico in particular has been a massive loss, and Tony obviously is a massive loss. Also, quite possibly that goal they scored, Tony Tony wins the header, gets it, get it out. We, we forget how good he was for us defensively as well. Um, but you know, we were doing this sitting in when we got one nil up before Rico got injured, before Sharda got injured. You know, it's it's been an issue, with the exception of the Fulham game. Every game when we've gone one nil up for me. I'm just looking at it and going, well, what, why are we suddenly doing this? Why are we sitting off teams way much more than we need to? And it could be because we don't have that outlet ball to Tony. Um, and well, could, I just want to... Not could, we just have no, Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, we, could, yeah, no, we, that's we have, we, we have no target man. No, no, I agree. But then we have to find a way to play differently without that target man, which I think is a work in progress and is getting there. Um, but I think to come back to Flecken, I think there's been a concerted campaign against Flecken, which has, which certainly peaked on Sunday. And you can say he probably should have saved that. It is fairly reminiscent of the, um, in some ways, of the Ben Rama goal against Strahoska when Strahoska just, just didn't, didn't seem to move for that. But two things here. You look at Anana, who's a nearly a £50 million keeper at United. He's having similar problems because the defence that he's playing with. He's at a new club in a new league with a defence that is constantly changing because of injuries. And I think that, for a keeper in a new team, in a new league, is really difficult to deal with. It, with. And I think we just have to... I don't think, you know, there's all this, oh, we should change the keeper, Strahoska's new play. We had all this with, with Alvaro a couple of seasons ago, didn't we, when Rayo was injured and it was just sort of like, we changed the keeper didn't make anything any better, probably made things worse. Now, arguably, not arguably, Strahoska is a better keeper than Lerzel, but I don't think bringing in another keeper who's not played with that defence that's constantly shifting, who's not played a game in a year, I think, a Premier League game in a year, is, is going to help at all. And I think we just have to be patient with Fleck. And there's things that he does well. His distribution is good. Um, and it's, you know, he was never going to be David Raya. David Raya is probably one of the top three keepers in the Premier League at the moment and it's not Flecken's fault that he's not Raya and I think we just have to be patient and, and look at you know the other the other issues around the defence which is largely caused by it constantly changing and you know mostly down to the injuries GP yeah I mean I think I'm going look start off if he doesn't let that goal in I think he take that out I thought he had a good game um, I think he's had a couple of good games, and literally he's done. He's made one mistake. If you're keeping, you make one mistake. The ball ends up in the goal. Yeah, that's you know, that's that's the nature of goalkeeping, um, and that is all people will ever remember. You know, he, he he got, I mean, I mean how many how many mistakes does Norgard make in that game? Exactly. Yeah, you know, you know every, everybody was making mistakes in the amount mm. of time. You know, people not as you said, people knock the ball long to nobody in particular. You do that, it doesn't cost a goal. If you do every single mistake that a keeper makes is probably going to end up a goal. Yeah. But also, if you look at David Raya, he had his time at... He was in England for a long time before he came to us because he had his years. At, so he knew or he knew about this league, we knew about him and he knew about us. As you said, this is a brand new keeper coming across. And pe people need to understand that goalkeeping is a specialist. It's a very specialist position. It's not like... A striker or a centre midfielder. It's a specialist position and it's not really one that you can, as, as we found out two seasons ago, it's not one you can mess about with. 
No, no. And, and, and talk about goalkeepers, specialist position, Ellery Balkum, who's a keeper that's been with Brentford for about 742 years now, actually. We signed him like when he was just a wee baby, you know, sort of in nursery, I believe it was. And uh, he's just signed a new contract with Brentford, another four-year contract, which I say congratulations to him. Uh, amazing. He used to play with uh, one of my mate's uh, son as well at the academy. Uh, my mate's son's gone on to do various things. I think he's got a job now in life. He's given up football. But Ellery has... Uh, he's he's crept on and I remember he used to say to me at the time he goes Ellery he used to go around and his parents used to sit in the his, his, I think his, his, his family his sister or his brother used to sit in the car doing their homework while he was playing football and literally they were just dedicated to just taking him from A to B to A to B every single day because he really wanted it and obviously he, you know he went and went, when I went up to St George's Park that time I met my mate Chris Powell up there who gave us a nice little tour and he told me that Ellery Balkan was actually training with the England first team that day. He was like, you know, you must be really proud. You know, you've got a player for you at Brentford who's playing training with the England first team. You know, that's just before a couple of matches. So again, there's wide, big hopes for him. And then he got his injury. And I think that really set him back a little bit. But it's good to see that he's actually kind of brought himself back in and he's on his way back. And he's only 23 years old. So that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be anywhere near a, a Premier League first team because, you know, goalkeepers as you know they kind of aged like a good wine like you know so sometimes it's not till the age of 27 or 28 before they get anywhere near the first team but it's good to know that it seems that he's on a he's on a good tracking forward as well Ellery Balkum so anyway but anyway listen we've talked a lot about that game today's going to talk a little bit more about that game and about general things we've got JB with his facts and his funk JB likes to talk about corners he likes to talk about nil all draws he wants to talk about all sorts of stuff with his facts and it's fun. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's better to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. For the second away game running, we went in 0-0 at half-time. But this time, it transpired into our first draw on the road for exactly six months, since a 3-3 at Brighton. On that occasion, it was the last goal for our former club captain Pontus Janssen, while Sunday was the first for new skipper Christian Norgard. Sunday was our first 1-1 draw at Forest for 90 years. This season we've taken four points from our three away games. Last season we reached four points in our seventh away game, coincidentally also at Nottingham Forest. Having mentioned our solitary corner against Everton last week, at Forest, we went to the other extreme and chalked up 11 corners, the most we've had away from the GTEC in the Premier League. In fact, only beaten by the 12 we had against Spurs at home in the 0-0 draw in April 2022. In the last 10 seasons, having 11 or more corners in an away game has actually ended in defeat in 9 of the 10 previous games. The exception was a 1-0 win at Barnsley in November 2020. It was reported this week there are currently 112 Premier League players injured, an average of 5-6 per club. So our sixth injured would actually appear to be average at present, even though it is higher than the four to five injured per game we typically had over the last decade. There you go, JB, with his fats and his funk. And uh, I said, quite a lot of corners. Quite a lot of corners in that game as well, you know. Remember the corners before we even used to have all this, you know. We're now in the XG world, and before that, we had the shots for against. But people always used to use corners as an indication of how good you were as an attacking force, 
remember. But as JB says, you know, we, we get loads of corners and we seem to lose every game anyway. So at least we didn't lose that one, which is all good. But anyway, JB's facts and funk, but we've also got some stats down the line. We've got the Gowler from the Bees Breakdown, and he's going to be giving us a little bit of stat statistical information and some also some tactical information from this Forest game and also he's going to look forward to the Manchester United match. Hey this is Jacob Galler with Bees Breakdown here to talk a little bit about the Nottingham Forest match and then get into a preview for the Manchester United match coming up on Saturday. So Brentford created 1.66 xg and Forest only created 0.46 xg. Forrest actually only had that one shot on target and it had a post shot XG of 0.08, meaning that based on that shot's placement, it was expected to go in 8 out of 100 times. And so far this season, Flecken actually has the worst post shot XG minus goals allowed in the Premier League at negative 3.3, which means that Flecken's let in three more goals than expected. On the other end, Mbumo led the team with four key passes and seven shot-creating actions. I think he was given a tough task because Iyer was staying in that much deeper role, really forming that three at the back at times, while Hickey was more of the inverted fullback that joined the midfield to create that numbers advantage. That tactic probably didn't work out as well as Thomas Frank would have liked, with Hickey only receiving three progressive passes. All right, so now getting into that Manchester United preview. So they currently sit 10th in the Premier League. Their underlying numbers show that they're massively underperforming their XG. Uh, they have seven goals on 11.2 XG, so they've scored about four fewer goals than expected. Their new keeper, Onana, has the seventh worst long passing percentage out of Premier League keepers at 41.2%, so it makes sense why they would only launch goal kicks 25% of the time. Uh, that may play into Brentford's high press, right? So obviously we've seen that give them trouble last season. Another area that they've struggled in is aerial duels. They have the third worst win percentage at 42.9%. Although they do have the most loose ball recoveries, so even if the Bees are winning aerial duels, they'll have to win second balls. Uh, United aren't shy about getting into good areas. Expect lots of switches to play, along with trying to stretch out Brentford's low block by playing in wide areas. They've taken the second most corner kicks, which is an area that the Bees have struggled to defend, giving up 2.29 XGA off corners so far this season. United play in that 4-2-3-1 with Casemiro orchestrating the build-up, while Bruno Fernandes is more of that creative playmaker. Fernandes has the second most key passes and passes into the penalty area in the Premier League. They also have the most shot-creating actions from take-ons, which they're really just relying on Rashford to create because he's created 60% of those chances for them. There you go, the Gowler from Bees Breakdown. Check him out, Bees Breakdown, on Twitter and all sorts of social media. And also you'll get his article on besotted.com as well. Every week he writes a great article where he breaks down the tactics and the statistics of the match at the weekend and he's got an, he's got a great one on the forest game so definitely go to the besotted website and uh, it's really really interesting because he, he like i said he breaks down both sides and just to see how we uh how we deal with that game you know minute by minute almost well not minute by minute but blow by blow as they say but anyway listen we're going to look forward to the manchester united match we've got man united coming on saturday and i'd, I'd like to say that there's a lot of people licking their lips at the moment they're actually thinking, hold on a second, Man United, they don't seem to be doing very well. Is this going to be the opportunity for Brentford to go to Old Trafford and get ourselves three points? So there's a few people trekking themselves up to Manchester on Saturday to go and see if they can check that out. Manchester seem to be in a little bit of a pickle 
but we need to find out exactly what's going down in Manchester. Let's go across to Devin from the United Hour. He's the US Manchester United Supporters Club guy, and I met him in Tampa a couple of months ago as well, or St. Petersburg. He came down to go and watch the Fulham game with me um, that I'm going to hopefully get replayed so we can actually beat them 7-0 by the end of the month. But anyway, Devin from the United Hour, he's going to give us the lowdown on United. Hi, everybody. My name is Devin Walker, and I am from the United Hour YouTube channel. And I also feature on the Soccer As We Like It and the Magnificent 24-7 Reds channels as well. I've known Billy now since the Euro 2021 final. We met over at Wembley Stadium, and Billy showed me a great time. Since then, we've actually met twice over the UK, and not too long ago, we met over in Florida uh, to meet up, and it was great to see him again for a little while. If I had to sum up Manchester United's season last season, I thought it was the perfect start for Eric Ten Hag. Beginning of the season, I had said top four and a trophy would have been a very successful first season to start off with. Managed to finish third and lift the Carabao Cup. That was amazing. I was actually able to fly over to get there for the Carabao Cup and see it lifted in person. So that was a, that was definitely a great experience as well, too. If we fast forward now into this season, it's... Uh, <laughs> It feels like United's form has honestly just fallen off a cliff. Every single thing that can go wrong can be going wrong right now. It could be between injuries. It could be multiple off-the-field issues. Um, you have the Anthony situation. You have the Jamin Sancho situation. You have the Mason Greenwood situation. It is just absolutely going horrible right now. Uh, <laughs> Where can I even start? We could even go from the most recent match versus Galatasaray, where I think it pretty much just summed up the issues that are going on with United. They take two steps forward and three steps back. In this case, two goals forward and three goals back. It, it's, it seems to be a repetitive effort right now. Losing six out of the first ten on the jump right now is definitely not good at all right now. I can tell you probably whenever teams look at the calendar, they're praying that they can face them now in this in this form right now. Um, Old Trafford is supposed to be a fortress, and the team is leaking goals as much as the, the roof is leaking water right now, to be very honest. Uh, it, it's If I had to rank this start right now, the start of the season, out of a ten, it's... <laughs> I have to probably give it a three right now, and that's only because we are barely in the top ten of the season right now. Uh, Ten Hag just looks like a man very short of confidence and options this year. He's not speaking the same way as he was last season. His demeanor is completely off. It's he's not. It's he just looks like a man that's in his just completely inside of his own shell right now does not know what's going on it looks like he's losing the plot he's not playing the same style as he did last season it seems we're just going back to what united is, is doing basically with the two holding midfielders and playing counter-attacking football it's it is not it is not at all good right now ten Hag, i it's right now i am not happy with the recent performances but i understand he still needs time he still needs to be back properly but he definitely needs to focus more on playing his style of football and not catering to the players. If the players cannot fit it, you drop them, play some of the youth, in my opinion. Find players who are willing to give it all for the badge, too. Um, am I comfortable with the United squad this season? I have to say, no, not at all. It's our, in, our injuries and issues have really hampered what we're supposed to be building on from an incredible start for Ten Hag last season. I... I have to say probably the player that I am most disappointed in so far is Marcus Rashford. 
Marcus Rashford had an absolutely incredible season last year, third over 30 goal contributions, and he absolutely he looks like an absolute shadow of himself going into this season. It's I I am really hoping that it's not the I call it big contract syndrome where you play for the contract and then you just down tools. Marcus Rashford does not seem that type of player to me, but he just looks a player that is absolutely short of confidence right now. I think a good amount of time with him being out the squad for a while is very much what is needed in order to get his form back. For a while we were saying that he wasn't lifting his head up, he was just constantly dribbling into players and looking for players in better positions. Yesterday he goes and gets a very glorious assist for Rasmus Hoyland. And then you go fast for a little bit further into the match where he had easy score off for Bruno Fernandes and just gave a very tame pass for the Galatasaray keeper. I really don't know what's happening there, but it's uh, it, it, it's something that needs to change. Rasmus Hoyland right now definitely looks a very good prospect. Only 20 years of age, his composure in front of goal looks very incredible. And once he starts getting proper service, I am so excited to see what what's, is to come with him. Moving into our next match now against the Bees, United last season, <laughs> night and day difference. <laughs> what can we say? You go back to that first match of season. I was so confident we're going in, going into the into Brentford Stadium. I believe it's the G Tech, and we go out there and we just get absolutely embarrassed for nil. Brentford could do whatever they wanted to do, and it looked like the writing was on the wall early for Ten Hag after that. You come that now to the next match of the season. And United squeak out a 1-0 victory and managed to split the points. I can tell you right now that if I am if I'm a Brentford player or anybody Brentford fan right now, I am going into this match with excitement. I can tell you this as a United fan, it's I think we just want to make it to the international break at this point. It's we're gonna expect a response from these players, but the players right now there's there's something going on mentality wise where um, to be very honest, Brentford, I, Brentford could very much easily get a result with the way things are looking right now. Uh, we have a keeper who was brought in to very, very good with distribution, but gave away, <laughs> cost us a basically cost us a red card. Casemiro getting sent off because he outplayed a pass, and Casemiro was the last man had to take him down. And I would say right now that <laughs> even even when I thought that. Brentford right now would not be doing too well with the loss of Ivan Tony. Uh, Brian Ambuo stepped up big time for them, has been coming through with quite a few goal contributions right now, and I will say always that he is the player that I am most worried about because seeing him run at United's depleted makeshift defense right now is actually worrying me. Um, Onana is going to have his hands full with any shots that are going at him right now. It's going to be... <laughs> It's not going to be pretty for United at this point, I have to say so. Um, how will the game pan out? United's like a Jekyll and Hyde. You never know which version of them is going to show up. And if I'm basing it off current form right now, I'm just seeing the way it's looking. I actually very much could see Brentford coming away with a draw in this match. I'm not confident right now in United getting three points. We are way too leaky. We have um, we have too many injuries, especially in the back. So even if we do score, arm it's Brentford has more has enough capability to score in this match as well. Even with injuries to uh, to to Henry as well too, it's going to 
yeah, it's going to be a fun match for Brent for Brentford fans to watch, I think, and it's going to be an absolute nightmare for United fans to watch. I definitely want to say thank you so much for having me on, and best of luck in the upcoming season. There you go, Devin, with the United Hour. He's always quite always he's, he always is the bright side of things, Devin. You know, what I'm saying obviously, you know, Manchester United, you know, should be up there. They're not quite up there, but. You just never know. Man United at the weekend, Ali. This one could be an interesting one. I know that you're not over, you're not as optimistic as other people are about this match. Other people are saying, yes, this could be the one to turn it around. It could be our second three-point of the season. But you're actually thinking Ten Hag, who is, who's, he's got his cases packed and he's just about to kind of, you know, he's just about to put the last things in the case. And you reckon that he might be actually taking them out of the case and, and emptying it after the weekend's game, don't you think? I, I hope not. We, we do rather have this pattern of sort of like when teams are on streaks of they've not scored or they've not won or whatever that we see, they seem to come and play us and we seem to to break that streak for them. Um, so I have joked about um, it's nicely set up for us to save Ted Hogg's job on Saturday. Um, that said, having watched um, their game last night in the Champions League against Galatasaray, they can't defend save their lives. They, they've... You know, they go one nil up, and they or they go a goal up, and then they they just they just basically had a goal back to the opposition every time. Their defence, I mean, admittedly they've got a lot of injuries. Um, you know, obviously feel desperately for them with their massive squad. Um, but yeah, their defence is defensively they're, they're they're looking a bit of a shambles at the moment. They're still good going forward at times. Um, Rashford Rashford has been out of form. Did actually play rather well last night. Uh, we are going to have to keep Hoyland quiet. He's a right handful. He's a bloody. He's a really, really good centre forward. He looks really good. Um, to be honest, but it could go either way. We, I, I felt the two times has gone to Old Trafford. We, we so far we've been a bit overawed by it. You know, whereas, you know, going to the Etihad last season we weren't. Um, Old Trafford does seem to sort of like make us retreat into ourselves a bit and. Um, we haven't really put in a performance there yet. So hopefully we can break that streak. I think it could go either way. I think there could, there's possibly a lot of goals in that game from the point of view you've got two sides who are going to create a lot of chances, um, but also two sides who have looked a little bit suspect defensively recently. Um, yeah, so, you know, you predicted five ball for the Forest game. This could easily be five ball as well. <laughs> Yeah, I was missing eight, missing eight goals there, you know. A little <laughs> yeah. bit of a miscalculation on that one, but at least I've got the draw. Um, GP, um, Man United, are you are you feeling? Are you feeling? Can you smell a win? Come on, tell me. Mm, I don't know. It's, it's one of those. I mean, the last two years that we've been there, um, United haven't been in good form, and as Ali said, we haven't really turned up. Mm. Um, but you know, we know that they have. They are a quality team on their day. Um, but at the moment, they you know they're, they're in my as Ali said, they can't they can't defend at all. Um, and I'm having a terrible, and it's not the first time that you've seen very good players at the top of their game um, signing for Man United and then just turning into complete rubbish. Um, again, I think there's there's an issue, you know issue with that club um, which isn't our concern our concern is getting three points on Saturday um, we've really got I think we we do have to attack them 
um, because as you said, Hoyland, he he looks like he's really settled down and is now starting to um, find the net, um, as we saw last night. But um, I mean, if you look at the way, I mean, if you look at the way that Zaha scored that goal last night, and being funny, Ivan would have an absolute field day against them. Mm. I wonder what Absolute it is about. Field, I wonder yeah. what it is about signing a five-year contract at a million pounds a week. That I, yeah, that's stops, not, that's, pe- stops people getting hungry. <laughs> it's, not, it's nothing to do with that. It's just that you know the, the thing is there that club's that club's got a rotten core, and it doesn't matter what you do with players and managers until that's sorted out. You know, then bleeds never, down, but, doesn't it? Yeah, it it just bleeds down, and you know what they say about leadership, and you do look up to leadership. Just look at the leadership of that, and like you know, Brentford are just miles, miles apart. I mean, absolute miles apart. It's Laney. I mean, Man United. Mm. What you say? I mean, I, I, again, yeah. I can't. I can't. I actually can't call this one because, on yeah. again, on paper, you would think, okay, we've got our balls, but then you keep we keep yeah, going but... back to the Arsenal. We get we go at the Arsenal game. We think, look, you know, we we're really good in that second half. That Forest game, to be quite honest with you, if we hadn't let that goal in, then maybe we'd have gone on. And, you know, so there's all these things that may or may not have happened. So you actually don't really know. With um, Man United, you know, they're not great. You know, so you could get a result, but it's really one of those ones which is a bit up in the air, isn't it? If you know, if, if you you can pick your best Brentford team and 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 you know, then Man United playing like they're playing at the moment and then you know there's every reason to to be really kind of like confident um you know i just don't know what we, we are I, I just get i cobbled together seems is probably not quite the right description of how we are at the moment but we're not far off it um so we, we're we're a, a very weakened brentford team playing um a very poor man united team and you know there was a bit of a it was a bit of a kind of like um, uh, meltdown after the game at Man United last year, saying you know we, we you know we didn't try, we didn't we didn't go there to win. It's, it's difficult going to Man United, you know. It is it's a it is it, you know it's a fortress is a cliche, but it really is. You know, there's not many teams go there and win. Um, so you know it, it, it does it does affect how you set the game up. And we went there last year not to get. A good hiding, and we, and we didn't. And you know, we, we could have we could have equalised. We should have equalised. Um, and uh, you know, it, it, we could have come away with a point, which would have been great. But you know, the fact that we lose and we don't create a lot. Uh, yeah, if, if if we if we go there and do ourselves justice, we we, we could get at least a point. And it, it's just it's just that we are in a state of flux at the moment. So I'm, I'm not quite sure what we get. But um, you know, if uh, if if, if um, Bumo uh, is on song and if uh, Morpay or Wisa, um, you know, they're they're clinical, then we we can score one, maybe two. Um, and we have to be watertight at the back because there's, there's always a, a situation, one per game, that seems to lead to a goal. If we eradicate that, then we have every chance. We can't be playing them at a better time, let's be honest, but um, we're, we're just weak. So um, we'll see what happens. I'm going to come to you, Ali, in a minute, but just talking about Mbumo. Mbumo has actually been recorded as the third fastest Premier League player so far this season. I'm going to ask you the question... Who is the fastest Premier League player this season? Question. Anyone? Anyone? Gordon? No. Garrett, GP? Ain't Lane. got a Scooby. Chidozi Ogbene. 
ex-Brentford player. For Luton, he's actually the fastest Premier League player. Shit off a shovel, as they say. But did he have the ball? Yeah, that's right. Rico must be up there, surely. Rico hasn't been recorded. He wasn't recorded, you know, in in the facts that I saw. And it's actually recorded by the Premier League as well. So so there you go. So a little bit of info. I think you could probably see where Brentford were thinking when we bought um, Benny that time. And I said to you, it was a while ago when me and Laney went over to, to, to Dundalk to go and watch the B team on a, on a Wednesday night and we just literally signed him and we were chatting to them about, well, we've got this old Benny guy from some club over somewhere, you know, some tiny club somewhere. And they were like, okay. So Brentford's thinking was that they could take this player, not buy him for not very much money, get him because he's very fast and get him to play football. And it obviously didn't quite work out for us, but now he's playing Premier League football, you know? So uh, I think, you know, you could see where the vision is yet again. But anyway, um, Ali. I've completely forgotten what I was going to say now because you had all attention. <laughs> you were so stunned. Oh, no, I know. I know what I, I was. I was. I know what I was going to say. Um, you know, let's face it. If, if man for man, if United star players all turn up on Saturday, we're not winning that game. You know, are we? Are we? I mean, they all turn up. We won't win. Um, so however good we are, we could be brilliant. And if, if Rashford, Casemiro... You know, Hoyland, everybody, they all, Fernandez all turned up, all managed to play the team. We're not winning that game. Um, but they don't look like a team at the moment. And for all our struggles is the wrong word, but for all the maybe difficulties we're having at the moment, we still look like a team. And I think that's where we could get a result from the game. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm just going to hold you to this now. So we could get a result from the game. What kind of result are we going to get, Ali Malani? I think it's going to be goals in it, so it's probably going to end up nil-nil. Um, <laughs> I say I, I think it's two-two. Two-two. Mm. Desmond and for uh, GP. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I think we're going to come up a little bit short on this one. Um, I can just see in a, a big stadium like that against a team like that. I can just see them nicking it. And now, um, when we get those periods where we're incapable of holding the ball and keeping possession, I just think that might be our undoing. Your prediction? Um, I would go 1-0. One 1-0 nil. One nil to United. Oh, Laney. Oh. I, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a 1-1 one, one draw. Um, I, I just, you know, we, we, we went to, we went to uh, St. James's Park, you know, um, and we, we, we narrowly lost and we should have got something out of that. You know, it's... Uh, you know they're beating PSG two 0 at the moment, so we've we've we've, mm. we've done we've done all right. We've done all right. Um, you know we've we we've lost the only we've lost a game against Everton, which 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 you know is is the one that's kind of set the cap. Yeah, that's the only egregious bad yeah, result. Uh, yeah, so I I I think we don't look at the stadiums anymore and and, and, and get overawed by it. We didn't get overawed at Old Trafford last year. Um, I, I don't. I, I think you're right, Ali. You know, if, if they're if they're if they're great players, play great, then then, then we then we lose. Um, and if every, if everything if every all the VAR decisions go their way, then we lose. Um, I, ju- I just think, yeah, we we do a positive result there after two negative ones. Um, I'm, I'm going for a one-one draw. Okay, and me, I'm going to go for a two-one wheel to the mighty, mighty. Bees. So I'm going to say to all the Beast fans that are going up to Manchester, have a safe journey up there. Trains or cars? Oh, bet, 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 be possible. I mean, we talked about Monty, who named his car Rico, driving to Senegal as you as you do. Mm. 
um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I haven't heard from Monty actually. I better drop him a line because you just don't know what's going on there. But um, then, <laughs> B fan, I was in the pub before the Nottingham game, and they they came up to us and said, um, um, "My, you know, I was, I was driving the car, and mum and dad were listening to the podcast, and we've actually named our car after a Brentford player. We've named our car B. So there you go. So there are lots of people that name their cars and their cats and everything like that after Brentford players and items and things. So uh, so there you go. But anyway. My name's Billy Grant, and like I said to you, this is the Pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and also buy us a beer, besorted.com forward slash beer. Thank you to everybody who has bought us a beer. We should start giving you a few shouts, actually. We might have to do it in our in the thousandth podcast, actually. So that makes the thousandth podcast about sort of kind of sort of four hours long. <laughs> but like I said to you, we're in the studio here, and we've got Ali Malali. You're it. We've got GP. Yeah, I'm on you, bees. you got the lady man. Good evening. You got me, Billy the Bee, in the house. Don't forget to check us out. A thousand podcasts is coming down your way. Also, like I said to you, don't forget, thank you for writing and subscribing and all these other things you want to do. But anyway, we're going to be, we just, we just didn't beat Forrest, but we go to Man United, we're going to do in business. We're going to be doing it here. Come on, you bees. You bees. A thousand podcasts coming out. I'll tell you, it's the, thou- the old thousand podcast, Bill. We'll do um, free, free for all down the pub. Just, just have an open, open, open invite. That's right, everyone. That's the right. entire world. We'll That's right. Yeah. Just get down there. Everyone loves a pub, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. You bees. You bees. Come on. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.